Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, featuring Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name's Blue, alongside me is Mr. Joe Grande, and you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet. That's right, you guys. Thank you all for listening to our podcast all around the world. Make sure you check out the website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we are the world's number one source for everything cannabis. And feel free to give us a call anytime. 1-800-420-1980. And ask for Jessica, because she'll call you back personally if you want to hear her sexy yes. voice and be in the magazine. Say, Jessica, I want to get in the mag. Call her up and leave her a voicemail. And, That's uh, 1-800-420-1980. Hi, Jessica. This is Larry. I want to get in the magazine. Hello. Uh, we got so many great articles and blogs on the site, too, for you to check out. So make sure you go check all that stuff out. Follow us on IG at Cannabis Talk 101. My brother from another mother right next to me is at the one Christopher Wright, a.k.a. my brother Blue. And I am at Joe Grande 52 And I got to remind you guys, at the Bear Flag Group, at your white label partners, you guys are known to be on time, accurate, and do quality co-packaging. They have been launching brands in California since 2015. And at the Bear Flag Group, they do what they say they're going to do. Check them out online at bearflaggroup.com. Today on the show... We got a very special guest who I enjoyed reading so many things that you put up on there for us to read there, Matt. Man. But we got this software engineer developer, Matt Frisbee. Is that correct, Frisbee? You got it. Like the toy? Okay, great. Yep. Who is very smart. Blue, when I say very smart, I mean, you might as well say he started Google. Okay, maybe not, but you know, I mean, he, he's up there. He, he's an early developer dude from the Googles to the uh, uh, DoorDashes and everything else that you can imagine. But you know what? Bottom line is he's the creator of Track and Trace Tools, the most popular open source cannabis platform. Now, the Chrome extension is free and used by hundreds of companies to report billions of dollars in cannabis commerce. Now, Track and Trace Tools is a Chrome extension that enhances metric by automating compliance tasks and generating advanced analytics about a cannabis operation. The man has a BS in computer engineering from the University of Illinois, and this award-winning author, so he's no bullshit, you know what I mean? This has his fifth and latest book out called Building Browser Extension, which is now available on Amazon if you want to read one of his latest books, or you want to check him out on IG, Track Trace Tools, and personally, Matt Frizz, which is M-A-T-T-F-R-I-Z, or visit his website, trackandtrace.tools, to help your company's workflows in metric. Please welcome to the show, you guys, Mr. Smarty Pants himself, Matt's in the building. Awesome job, guys. With a nice ass jacket. jacket. And that jacket is fire. fire. Not only, I want one. I want to put my logo on. Here's the funniest part. As cool as he looks, and then him talking, I'm talking to him beforehand, I would never expect you to be the greatest, smartest nerd that you are. Like, because you didn't come off like Mr. Smarty Pants IT guy when I first met you. I was like, oh, this dude's cool. He's talking. Talking about my dog and this, you know what I mean? Those guys are more introverted, whatever, just a little different. You know what I mean? I mean, let's just call it what it is. And most of my experiences meeting guys who do this type of stuff, right? The IT, hey, how you doing? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Not where's Teddy at? Your dog and this and you're coming in just hanging and flowing and being real cool. And, but it's great to have you here, man, and reading the things that you've done so far with this track and trace. How did you get involved in that? Like I said, I know you started at Google and you started the DoorDash stuff, but how cannabis and this company that you're doing now? Yeah, so uh really the start to this is a is a story of failure. So um, some of the best that before, we were talking yeah, about. No kidding, right. That, yeah. So uh so before this, um, I was I'm working um, on a very small cannabis startup um, that was focused on um, kind of building a cannabis marketplace. Um, and so I was working on it for three years, you know, raised some money, hired a uh, company ultimately didn't work out. Um, but in the process, um, it was a, a very informative experience um, because you learn exactly what not to do. And so uh, at the end of three years, um, you know, we started the company and then, you know, turn everything down. Um, and one of the things that we had tried, you know, when you start to fail, like you really try and start, um, you'll throw anything against the wall. So like we tried to run like a sweepstakes and like it didn't work out and like tried to just anything, you're like anything. You can see the end is right there and you're like, oh my God, uh, you know, <laughs> do, do anything to, to keep it going, to stay alive. And so, um, you know, nothing worked out and uh, we, we shut down. Um, and one of the things that we had tried was um, we built this little um, uh, Chrome extension for metric. So um, for those of you not familiar with metric, um, every state, when they legalize cannabis, um, basically, you know, the, the typical process is the, the voters will, you know, they'll pass a proposition and then that will then get written in. There's a rulemaking process in the state. And so they'll typically establish some sort of cannabis regulatory agency. And that agency says, okay, well, we need to track everything that's going on with cannabis because one, we need to collect taxes and two, we need to collect, um, or we need to make sure that, you know, there's no black market, um, you know, is the black Leaks market is, is kept yeah. out. Precisely, precisely. So um, all the states will, they'll put out an RFP and then companies will pitch them to basically say, okay, we'll use our platform. Like we can operate this for you and then you'll pay us to do it. Um, so metric is that platform. So every time a state legalizes, like for example, Kentucky legalized a couple of days ago, um, Kentucky is, or they legalized, um, medical, um, you know, in the coming months as they, um, flesh out what cannabis is going to look like in that state, they're going to be entertaining, entertaining proposals from a bunch of different companies saying, we want to run your track and trace platform. Metric will certainly be one of them. And so the state will pick one. So like, for example, California is a metric state. They'll say, we you know, we're going to use this platform, we'll pay you this amount of money, and then all the cannabis companies now use metric. You have to. There's no other way. Mandatory. Mandatory. 100% mandatory. And so, um, and you thereby have to play by the rules of metric. And so, um, we built this extension, to tie back into the company, we built this extension that basically made using metric a little bit easier. And, uh, but it wasn't a main product. It wasn't, it, it was just something to like, you know, get installs to kind of funnel it's people. Right. It's, it, was like, it was like a side thing. It was, you know, it was to funnel people in, but ultimately it wasn't what we were working on. Um, and then when we shut the company down, uh, I started getting emails from a lot of companies saying, do not shut this down. Like you, like I, one guy emailed me, he said, I, when I, when you, when I got the shutdown email, I literally screamed, no, like it, it and I was like, oh, like, okay. I, I think we were in the completely going the completely wrong direction. So, um, you know, the company is dead, but then, you know, I was kind of, um, I, as I was working on my next book, I was kind of thinking, I was like, okay, well, like, what do we do with this? Like where I, you know, I, you know, the, the company's gone, like everyone's gone to do their separate ways, but like, it's still there, right? These companies still need this. So what I said was, okay, I threw everything out. I started from scratch, but I said, okay, how can we make this as simple as possible? Right? Like things we learned, um, billions companies that like, it is incredibly hard to sell cannabis companies just in general, anyone it's, it's hard, right? Their, their wallets are very tight, right? The market's in a, you could probably call it a depression right now. And, you know, it's very, very hard to sell to them. And then the other thing that I learned was they hated me. Oh my God, they hated me. I, they wanted they, like this software Silicon Valley puke coming in there. Like, look at, look at this guy. Like, what do you know about cannabis? No, right. And the thing that, that was the thing is like, I, the, the initial idea for our company was <laughs> like, you know, oh, let's build this marketplace because everyone's using metric and they'll have to use us, which is there are many companies out there that like that's the like, oh, you have to use this compliance platform that the state makes you use. And so then we'll just sprinkle a bunch of a bunch of other stuff on top of it. And then that's like that's our secret sauce. And so 
we went down the same rabbit hole. We said, oh, yeah, well, like, these companies, like, well, like, that's how we'll make our money. They'll have to use us, which is, of course, the complete wrong direction. And so, uh, so throw all that away. So let's start, let's start with something completely different. Let's, like, let's approach this from, like, the simplest possible perspective, which is that I, metric does not need to be painful. And one, and two, that these companies fundamentally need help and can't and can't pay for huge pieces of software right it doesn't work that way especially i mean it's everything's getting worse in the industry um and so the platform as it is is it's 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 free and it's open source so what does that mean so one that any cannabis company can go right now to the insight the website install it in their browser and start using it right away there's no sign up it's it's free and then it's open source which means that all the code i write for this is visible to anyone so anyone sure. can go in and and take it modify it wherever they want or verify that i am not stealing your shit which and, and if and if but if if they modify it they can't modify it without your side your, you have to give them permission so they'll show you the, what their modification and then you can then then look at it and go this doesn't work because that or do you just let them modify it and it starts playing so they it's building its own monster yeah good question so the um, the way the way it works is that like I have there's the real like there's the version that I deploy that anyone installs so that's like the with all the information that's, that's visible as everything everything's visible not well not customer information but correct yeah, yeah. but how, how how everything works is the, the internals are visible if you want to go and download it and modify it and like run it on your own go do it I I have no I have no say in that you can the way the way it's licensed is that you can as long as you're not are you the first ever to do something like that so I've never heard of anybody a lot of people are doing that open source right now right so the the thing is like open source is not a common business model but it's everywhere right our all our phones right now run open source software or software that is based off of it it is the entire computing industry runs at least partially off of open source software and so I it's, Bitcoin is running off of it too, right? Bit, well, technically, Bitcoin is open source, but it's <laughs> that it's it's valued. Well, Bitcoin is not a company, so that's a whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm personally not a not a big fan of crypto, um, but that's that's a whole other thing. Um, right. And so different story, different show, different day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, so I and the open source part is not actually not all that important because the companies that ultimately use this, they're not software companies. They're farmers. They're they're processors. They don't they don't they don't give two shits about software it's just not important to them but that's why it works because this is like there as as the cannabis industry especially in california continues to contract right there's an, an immense amount of pressure on these companies to like cut costs wherever they can and so i have found a place that works because on one end the smallest mom and pop shops they can use this right cannabis compliance is a huge headache for them their metric is they're so I, I guess we'll we'll talk about metric next, but it's a huge it's a huge headache for them. It's a it's a massive problem, and it it they uh, they have all sorts of problems that metric has caused with the industry. Um, but <laughs> uh, but they ultimately it, you know it's free for them. Like they don't have to pay for it. So I do I offer a low cost licensing if you want like extra support and some extra features. Like but it's it's low cost. I'm not I'm not positioning it to like completely screw the small people. On the other hand, everyone from the smallest companies to the largest ones, they all have to use metric in the exact same way. And so that means the largest MSOs, right, your Cresco Labs, your Glasshouse Farms, they're all using metric in the exact same way. And so what I found is that the largest companies, they are their processes are so rigid and like they do things i i mean i visited huge farms i visited huge processors the way that they do things <laughs> unbelievable it's unbelievable when you see these places and so they have a very specific way of doing things because they have optimized everything every process everyone's doing every minute that they spend is like all basically perfected and so they need custom stuff and so the way that they use metric is they basically throw huge teams of people they say like okay we'll have like 10 people and they'll just be like entering stuff in metric all day and so it's so crazy it's crazy but yeah. that's that's the only, that ultimately they go okay I, there's no no software company can like give us like a, a one-size-fits-all solution it just doesn't work and so i they'll come to me and they'll say we are you know we're we have this like very problematic bottleneck like i can you customize basically metric in a way that like works for us and so 
the way that I make most of my money is that I do consulting for huge cannabis companies and I build stuff special for them. So I basically am customizing metric in a way that works for only that company and only they have access to. And so ultimately what this has turned into, so as, as you mentioned at the start of the show, this, so there's like 700 cannabis companies using it right now. Um, and because I've captured a lumber, number of very large companies, there's like billions in plants being harvested, like billions of dollars worth of like wholesale plants coming off. Like there's tons of activity. Um, and so, I mean, I, you know, I'm still in a minority industry, but the, I would say it's, it's modestly successful. Um, and you know, I, it's, it's, it's not a huge project, but I, I think I've hit upon something, um, very fundamental, which is that, um, these, these companies, they want to be treated like <laughs> with respect because I, they've been slapped around in so many different ways. When you offer them a common sense solution, that's not screwing them. Like I, they respond very positively. So coming from four years ago when I entered the industry and like, you know, we, we talked to companies and they'd be like, okay, who is this? Get the hell out of here, man. Like it's, it's been completely transformative. Like I have very good relationship with cannabis companies now. Like they really like me. I, you know, I, we, you know, we, we communicate about like what they need and like, it's, it's all very open. You're able to put what they need onto a platform that's more from these apps or this and that because you come from that world where you're a Google guy, you're a DoorDash guy that created all this software. You have a degree in it from Illinois going, let me help your company be able to work with Track and Trace that everyone needs to use anyways. Right, right. And make it work hand in hand. And so I, I, one thing that I heard over and over and over was all these companies, they would all have to deal with these cannabis software vendors and they would all come in and promise the world because they're all these other companies are built with a Silicon Valley mentality, which is like, let's raise a bunch of money. Let's go capture a huge piece of the market and then let's like grow explosively. And so, you know, oh, cannabis industry, new industry, you know, it's, you know, it's new, it's exciting. Let's like, let's go, Silicon let's catch. Silicon Valley jumped all over it. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I did too. I, I made the same mistake. And so we go, oh, okay, let's use this cookie cutter software model. Let's throw it at the cannabis industry. How could, how could it not possibly work out? Um, and so all these companies that we talked to, I heard it over and over and over. They would, you know, the vendors would come in, the salesperson would promise the world, promise the world to them. And then it would suck or it wouldn't work. Or they'd be like, you know, it wouldn't, you know, X, Y, Z, these things couldn't do it. So we, we end up going on to someone else. So I, I, so many companies, so many companies have gone through this. And so I, you know, I, and so I think my amount, cause right, it's just me working on it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the sole creator. I'm the sole maintainer. It's just me working, really? on, working out of my house. Yeah. I'm the only guy. And so and I, 700 plus people are using it. Uh, seven, yeah, 700 businesses are using it. That's and great. so, um, but I, I think what works is that like, I'm not promising the world to them, right? I'm not building this like monstrosity of a product that works for no one. It is so expensive, right? I've cut off a small corner. That's very painful, right? Metric is very painful for the sure. whatever it's, 20 states. The, 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 the thing I hear the most, and, and I, I deal with a lot of operators is like, they, it takes some months and months and months just to learn how to use metrics. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's almost, it's, I think it's a, a big portion of why people have failed. <laughs> just off of that, they don't even know how to run the damn Well, let's thing. break it down. Let's take a break real quick, Matt. Yeah. Break down how metric really is used from the user standpoint and then how you incorporate it for and your company to, to help benefit these companies. And I want to hear where you're from. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this break. Yes, yeah. sir. Woo. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website. CannabisTalk101.com Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. 
OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Carrier typical one is something special, folks. When it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Visit LoranOils.com. We're sitting here with the man, the creator, the developer of Track and Trace Tools, Matt Frisbee. Matt, I, before we went to break, I said, break down metric for us so the listeners can really understand what it means because even I don't fully understand exactly how these cannabis companies use metric and they're or even forced why, to. Yeah. I know why. But I mean, I get it. It's track and trace so that they can see where the, the money is being going so that they can charge them for taxes on everything for the government and the state. But break it down in your terms on how and why everybody has to use it. Yeah. So I most people have no idea that any of this is going on. It's completely hidden from them. So uh, the state of California, you walk to the dispensary and buy a any product, an eighth, a joint, eighth, whatever, any product. It'll yeah, it'll, it'll say if you look on the sticker, there'll be all the test results on there and stuff like that, and then you'll see a string of twenty-four letters and numbers. Um, totally, it'll say UID or something like that. So that is a metric tag. So the way the whole system works is that um, the state, right, as I mentioned before, um, contracts with metric to say, okay, make sure all our legal providers are staying legal, and then metric has its own way of doing things. And the way that they do it is that everything has a tag so um every so there every plant that's grown has a little plastic tag attached to it every package we'll talk about that what that means has uh has a tag attached to it and in metric you can uh turn tags into other tags harvest a plant tag into you know a, a pound of flour or whatever um, and then their system glues it all together. So that's that's metric in a nutshell. And then the state can go and look at all, all of a company's tags and say, okay, well, you say you've got this, and I visit your facility, and you say you've got this. These match. Great. You're being compliant. And so this lets them you know, check if a company is doing what they say they're doing. Right. And this also lets them make sure that none of the legally produced product is going into the black market or vice versa. Verification process, right? Right. It's, it's, it's a, ch a chain of custody. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole chain. Yep. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty boring actually. Metric is not, metric is not an interesting platform. <laughs> um, it's, it's not interesting, but the, the part where it gets interesting is because is how much it hurts companies. And so I, I'll give you a couple examples. So, when metric is um you know giving a proposal to the state the state does not want to pay a lot of money for this right they're you know w once this is passed they don't they don't want to spend a, a ton of money verifying compliance you know they're they're gonna right it's it's the the lowest bidder uh, usually um and so metric has to find a way to make a business out of this because the the contracts that they're getting are not are not very big i mean millions of dollars but like at a company scale like that's just not very much so what i have realized as i've worked with metric is that Metric is not a is not a, is not a software company. They're not a track and trace company. They're an RFID tag company. So the way that Metric works is that all these tags that appear on everything, they have a little RFID tag in them. And just what that what that means is that you can get a special device, scan it, and it'll give you back a number. So the idea is that you can basically wave a wand over a room, and then it'll give you all the tags in that room. That's the idea. Or scan a bunch of boxes. So you go to a room with a bunch of plants like, like that. you're seeing right on the, there. You just seen one. Uh, right and there. each yeah. plant has to have its own tag. Right. And yeah. then you're from right. that boom, from boom, its boom. grows to each bud, each bag that it creates, that same number goes into those bags. Right. And so ultimately, right. and ultimately winding up in one number that appears on the consumer product. And then if you were so inclined, um, if you were at metric, you could say, okay, I can see this back to the plant, which is good because then it, you know, it lets you test product and, you know, verify that, you know, taxes are being paid and that consumers are consuming safe products. It's, it, you know, the, the fundamental concept is, is very, is important, but the execution is, is the main problem because the way that metric makes its money is not by getting these state contracts. It's by selling tags 
to the cannabis companies. They're an RFID tag company. That's how they make their money. So it's like it's like fifty cents a tag. I the the it changes by state, but that's it's twenty five to fifty cents a tag, and millions of them, mil, millions and millions of tags are slapped everywhere and used all over the place. So the first the first I think problem where that like companies go, why am I doing this? Is that why are we tagging plants? What is what is the purpose of this? Like this is not I, a, a package. Okay, I could sort of see a scenario where like you would want you know if it's changing custody, you're sending it to a distributor, whatever it is. But like why are we t- why are we tagging plants? It is a it is a huge time suck for companies. They're spending days like zip tying these like pieces of plastic over them. That I it's a plant. It's it, it's sitting there. Like wait, what what are we, what are we doing here? So that's that's the first problem. The second, if you look down this right here, like you're, you're about to see it right now. Is it, are they going to show a tag uh, on there? They, they just, they just, I just seen a ton of them, but okay. you'll, you'll definitely see it. In, they're in there. Uh, yeah, they're in there for sure. They're yeah. all hanging. If you look, like, yeah, you know, should be blue. Yeah, I see yeah, one right see, there. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're all hanging. Unfortunate. There. What we're looking at is one of our, our shows here. You know where we have a screen playing, but I mean they're little tags basically that just and and, and he's right. You've got to physically go around them and put them on each one. It's like an anklet bracelet on each individual plant. And, we're talking and some of thousands. these grow houses have thousands of plants in their house. Dude. Tens, hundreds, I, un, unbelievable amounts, right? Yeah. And so it's like, it's it's fundamentally, it seems very, it seems ridiculous because it's like, okay, I, I have 20,000 plants in this grow house or whatever it is. Like, there's the 20,000 plants. You can see them all right there. You can go and count them. Like, I don't, the, the, so the tagging is definitely excessive for the plants, but that's actually not the main problem. The main problem is the software wrapping around this tagging system and the reason is that i bad software exists everywhere right we deal with that we deal with crap software every day we'll be get our find our way around it the problem is that these companies the buck stops with metric meaning that if you if you, you what you have to be perfect in metric or the state will kick your ass and so these company i and they are they live in fear right i i, I don't want to be fined i don't want you know i want to make sure i do this right their intentions are good but they, you know, they don't want to run a follow of metric. And some of these processes are very complicated. It's not, it's not obvious at all. And I, the, so the second problem is that the metric platform is, I, problematic would be an understatement, right? Their, their core competency is not building software. But every cannabis company in like 20 states has to use this all the time. It is, it, it sucks. So let me give you an example. So one of the companies that I consult with, um, they, they called me up and they said, uh, we so it, it's, they're, they're enormous. They're an enormous processor, and so they said, "Look, we have um, we have so much stuff in metric that the site is literally broken for us. We can do nothing. So we have like three hundred empl- we have three hundred employees. We can't transfer anything anywhere. We can't make packages. So our entire operation is completely stopped. Everyone's sitting around, thumbs up their asses because metric metric does not work for us. And we're in contact with them, but they said, you know." It's going to be you know, like a week. It's going to be a week to, to push a fix. A week? A week? That, For the company that's needing no need to process. It's yeah. like like an hour is a problem. Like a, a week. What are you talking about? And so they, they called me up and they said, listen, the only thing that can sa- save us is your product. Like you, because you are sitting directly on top of metrics. So I said, yeah, I can do, you know, X, Y, Z and, you know, make it work in this special way so that like you can like squeeze some transfers through and get everything unstuck. So, um, and this is, while this situation is unique to that company, I they go down all the time, all the time, and companies are completely stuck. Like, I so I, I remember when um, early on in the when we were um, uh, when, when we were initially working on it, like uh, there was a, I there was a uh, a farmer that um, I was helping him harvest uh do harvest every day and so he would i would wake up in the morning like 4 a.m in the morning because like they want to you know you want to do the harvest early because the the plants um respire overnight and so uh he would he would call me at, i would wake, wake up at like 4 30 he'd call me at 5 i'd walk him through like how to do the harvest because it was still pretty early in the process and the reason he had to do this is because nothing can leave the property without like a printed piece of paper that has a metric manifest so he can he has to submit everything in this piece of garbage software print a piece of paper that it gives it back and then give it to the driver that takes the plant away and if none of this happens he's completely exposed to anything the state does and they would be well within their right to do so because that's the rules that they set so everything stops with metric and so it is a huge pain point for any states that use it so i i guess and they have to they have to 
and so and i think that i think metric is kind of embodies kind of a larger problem with like how the the industry is interfacing with regulators because um it is it is a totally company hostile platform totally company like who who would ever think that this is a good idea and you don't so, have to do that with lettuce tomatoes no. watermelons so you know what I mean things that you're I, growing on I, the ground too. Right. So and, and, and I yeah, but they don't get you high. <laughs> well, maybe you're, maybe you're not smoking them right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean <laughs> there you, is you, that. But, but you do with you know with uh, like you know when you start talking Medicine, about opioids by, yeah, and you know and, and other like that. It, which, meds, which I don't think they're take that. quite the same. They they they've, but they've got a lot more strength you know stricter on guidelines on of how you're moving them. I'll, I'll but they that. they let them come out and smash our whole country before they actually crack down. And but, I'm, <laughs> but you know, you know that. But that's a whole different, you know, conversation in itself. Yeah, but it's just weird to think that they have to do so much per plant, per move, per this and that. And your company now, does it help eliminate that, where they don't have to print out a paper for each it, thing, or you still so have to do that no matter there, what? There are certain. So the, the paper is is still a requirement for the state, but like getting to that point is like hours of like clicking goes away. Truly, hours. It, so much of it goes away because I I, I think part of the the, the core appeal of it like there are large chunks of how people are spending their time that can be completely just gone, uh, gone. it's not completely automated erased. it should be automated it, it is yeah, right like, you're so, automating it i'll give you another example so one of the first things that i ultimately built for this was it was during the um uh, some fires i uh, uh, i in past years North and so California, yeah. yeah and so there were there were farms that burned down right yeah and uh you know c complete loss of crop and so um I was seeing because there's actually a, a bunch of cannabis Facebook groups that I, I I'm in because I you know I kind of follow like what the zeitgeist is, and I I saw that there were uh, there were farmers their farm had burned down right I who knows if they had crop insurance probably not, and now now in order to maintain their license they have to void every tag that they were going to plant now and you in, can't even see the flags because the, the the tag burned down so too. Not what what what's worse is that you have to do this one at a time. So it's like click click click. That's one tag, and they have thousands of them. So they were like, "Yeah, I'm spending my entire evening. My farm burned down, and now I have to use this piece of crap software to uh, I, I, just adding insult to injury. Just just this. I, there's so many examples of this, and so I, I it, it now so uh, now let's look at this from the perspective of like if, if you're a cultivator, like you. I probably have very limited access to loans. You have to use this piece of garbage software. You have no access to bank accounts. Bankruptcy is not available to you. It, the, the list of stuff that is stacked against cannabis, the cannabis industry writ large is- un You're speaking so much truth, Matt. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. So I, here, and I, I think it really, I think the larger point that is, is wrapped up in this is like, this is like cannabis Less. is, cannabis is the sixth, the sixth largest cash crop in the United States. Sixth, it's like the same size as cotton. It's bigger than rice and potatoes. Wow. So, yeah, I, I mean, the illegal market's wrapped up in that, but like, the huge, it's a huge industry. Now, why doesn't it, this industry have more political pull? I mean, yes, it, it's being newly legalized and, you know, some of that is very obvious, but like, there is, there are dollars here and right politicians work for dollars so i i think that there is a very there's a a gap that's going to be bridged where people start to figure out that this is a much larger more powerful industry than it is right now like i for example like let's look at any other non non-cannabis when you crop. say the crop when you say the cannabis crop do you mean you mean hemp in general and, and hemp no. cannabis all of it no. in combined I, or just cannabis the actual just, flower yeah, of the, cannabis, the, or the extracts yeah yeah, yeah. Like just i just yeah, the usable ex hemp excluding just really yeah, yeah. Six, yeah. six largest and so Jesus. Look, look at how much the federal government helps out all regular farmers, right? Is, we have, it's unbelievable. And so like, look, I, it's unbelievable. So like, go back, look back at the past hundred years of like American agriculture, going back to the new deal in the thirties, right? It has been an uninterrupted flow of the federal government paying farmers to like subsidizing them, controlling their, uh, uh, controlling their, like how much they produce. It's been a very tightly regulated, but look at where it's gotten us. The, the the American agriculture is like the best in the world, hugely productive. And all the stuff that the federal government has done, why are why aren't the states replicating this? That's that's the real question, right? Like, like like the Farm Credit Administration. There are entire sections of the federal government 
devoted to making sure farmers have access to the loans that they have. Why is there none of this at the state well, level? You know, on the state level or on the feds, because the feds haven't done it, right? So it's, it's and I think the feds are, are waiting for the R&D, in my opinion, for the states, right? It's like, you know, I, I, this is just my opinion, right? I think that the, the feds are watching the state and saying, look, spend all your money let all these guys blow all their money so we could come in there and fix all the all little, your mess ups now and, we're going to take it we'll over grab the five all-stars boom 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 we'll take them into roll them into you know legalization. everyone needs to buy from these guys now and 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 then and and really scale it right because you know it's it's like it's like go ahead go fuck it all up you know we'll watch you for a minute and then and then they're smart right these guys are you know you have to think about it, like you know we 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 as unsophisticated as our country is, we're still the most sophisticated country in the world. <laughs> like, you know, and, and as crazy as it sounds is like, we're very for, you know, we think, we think forward. Right. So we don't come into things and, and just go well and act, you know, like I always say it and I'll say it again is, you know, we, there's no way the United States would say it was medicinal value if it didn't have medicinal value. There's no way we don't come out and say this has medicinal value yeah. and it just doesn't have it. Right. They know it has it. This is why they've let the cat out the bag so far. Um, now that, but there's a money, there's, so there's a lot of R and D and I think this research and development is allowing these brands, these companies that are actually starting to scale and, and get big. And then they, they bring the market down, right. They, and they know it's going to happen. And I, and I don't think they did it. I think the feds brought it down. I think the listed market did. I think there was, you know, people that blew out the market and dropped the price so far down that they, that these major operators that didn't hold tight. Uh, that spent a little bit too aggressively in the beginning that had big balloon payments due to all their investors mm -hmm. right now just took the, 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 the hit on the knees and there's going to be very few and there's going to be a bunch of fire sales right now. And then those fire sales are going to get scooped up by a, a, another professional group that, knows, that has the money that knows the, the backing game, that knows the game and then they're going to roll it out. And I think within the next three years we'll be federal. I, I mean, you know, I, I've been, I've been saying five years for about, three four years now you know and and i and i think that in the next three two to three years i think we'll be federally so what, I, do, you, what do you think i it, it's a good question so there's uh, a lot to unpack there so i think the the federal um I, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of political will at the federal level which i i think is is, is surprising given that there's it seems to, you know all polling shows that People want this to be legalized. Like a yeah. very if you're looking at the green vote, the green vote won anything and I, had more votes I, than anybody else I, in red and blue. Sure, and then you know, literally. I, I mean, I, and I think you can throw out things like you know Oklahoma and Arkansas. I think were the two that like legalized medically, but then adult use didn't pass. Like those are those seem to be outliers. The, the but when Missouri passes, that you're going wow, yeah, right next yeah. to Kansas, you're getting middle America. Texas is coming around next. It's like okay, hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I think so at the federal level, I think. Um, so the the schedule one listing is a little bit stickier than I think people realize because everyone goes, oh, why doesn't the DEA just reclassify it? Well, the reason for that is that there is a UN treaty that the U.S. is a part of that mandates that there is a very specific set of events that need to happen for the DEA to reschedule it because and and if the if the DEA were to say, uh, okay, we'll just make it like you know deschedule or whatever, that would be in violation of the treaty. So there are international implications with that. Additionally, the that, DEA that, that are involved with the cannabis trade, with with if, if to reschedule it. So right. there's the, the the UN treaty says cannabis has to stay to stay in compliance with this treaty. Cannabis has to say schedule one or schedule two. For how long? Forever. For the length of the treaty, or unless they Once they, the they, they, they need. So they we need have to that treaty, it. and that so, treaty is still going I, now. So that's why they can't change it. That's so that's part of it. The other part wow. of it is that the DEA. I didn't know that yeah. So I the, the, the other part is that the DEA actually does not have the power to reschedule it unless. Uh, HHS uh, Health and Human Services says the DEA that it uh, it is basically that is qualified for to to be rescheduled. So the DEA needs to hear from a different federal department for it to be rescheduled. So with those two things, I think there's there, it's it's a very sticky issue. Now that's not to say that none of this can happen. And of course, the U.S. Um, <laughs> disrespects international treaties. Uh, you know, it, it, we're the main power in the world. So like, if we really wanted to, like, yeah, you you could change a tree if you want to. But like, is the political capital there? I'm not so sure. Um, so I, I think the other part. Of, so you mentioned Missouri, and I think the Missouri example is really interesting because like, I'm from Chicago, and you know, Illinois has a very large cannabis market, but Missouri, right? They legalized recently, and there is the unsurprising effect of it drawing away a ton of 
consumption in the state of Illinois. Like, it, to the tune of like tens of millions of dollars of revenue were lost the following year because Missouri legalized because everyone's coming over the, you know, everyone, no, you know, people from Missouri are not coming over the border to Illinois anymore. They can do it in their home state. So I think what states have consistently failed to do, in California especially, is take into account the incredibly unstable nature of the cannabis industry. Like, a lot of this was like very predictable, right? It's like farming is an unstable industry and you're throwing them to the wolves by like putting all this sprinkling all this regulation all these problems on them not giving them access to banking these of course these companies are going to drown why is anyone surprised that this is happening no yeah there's there's no banking there's no support i mean you can't you can't get a loan I mean, I've got people right now that are like, dude, I'm, I'm going to lose my place. The insurance I, element of it, of like, you know, these Mendocino farms that burnt down and they didn't have proper insurance. Like if you had an alcohol farm or this uh, or that farm, you know what I mean? You, you have these companies that you can get all the proper elements to be a real legit company when tragedy happens. Yeah. And and so I, I think at that point, it's the really well, the question is like, what are these companies paying taxes for, right? I think part of the implicit assumption would be we're paying taxes once the state lets us do this, but also that they're promoting, like they're, they're, they're not hampering the industry. And that would be like either doing something about the black market, which admittedly is very hard, or promoting us so that the black market can be folded into the legal market. And they're not doing either of these things. So when when you look at the proposition and say, oh, okay, become a legal cannabis company, pay all these taxes, deal with all these regulations, deal with metric, have all these problems, and then charge your customers more, from the customer's perspective, of course they're gonna go to the black market. Cause like there's, right, enforcement has rightfully so gone to basically zero. So people are not getting thrown in jail sure. for, you know, buying legally and stuff anymore, which that's a good thing. But th- this was a very predictable outcome that like all these, there's going to be all these hardships. So I, I say the states are at, it stops with them. They're not doing enough. They're like, so let, let me give you an example. So, um, the, so the state of Illinois is rolling out a, uh, a $9 million loan program for social equity applicants, right? So, um, everyone who qual- all social equity applicants who pl- who qualify for this program, they can actually get loans from uh, well from uh, financial institutions that are partnering with the state of Illinois. Now, nine million dollars is not a lot of money. That's not going to go very far. But it is a proof of concept that there are absolutely loan programs that the states could be putting together to help these companies because ultimately the states stand to benefit. Right? If the legal cannabis industry is doing well more tax dollars right black market starts to dry up because i all all the incentives are completely aligned for for the if like if the states would actually help but i perhaps there's some angle that i haven't seen it but it, it seems to be crazy that like it's it seems to be a very hands-off like for like two i, I think it was last year um the state of california did away with the cultivation tax so i think it was 161 dollars per pound of just at harvest right you cut that plant down yeah. pound of wheat it's 161 criminal Unreal, yeah. right now, uh, and that was like the price of a pound. Damn near, right? It was literally I mean, the price it, of a pound at one point last year. I, it was like, what? yeah. So, so I, right there, were, come I, October, it is. <laughs> no kidding. That, there, there, was there, bad. There were, year. it was so bad. There were farmers I talked to. They're like, we, we're just gonna like throw it away and just sell the land. Like, there's, there's, I, I, it would, it would cost me more to like put this to market no one's buying well and that's the thing they're not moving fast enough to make those changes either so there's so much going on listen it's cannabis talk one we'll be right back after this break but i want to i want to dig into you know some of the um you know solutions to this right because i know you're a solution here you're one of those guys that <laughs> he's fix, an it he, guy he that fixes, fixes everything he's an engineer the world yeah. you fix things so it's cannabis talk we'll be right back after this break yes sir make sure you like Ooh. follow and subscribe to cannabis talk 101 now Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Now back to the number one cannabis show on the planet. You know what? F*** it. Now back to the number one cannabis show in the universe. Cannabis Talk 101. Y'all know what time it is, right? Dime Time! That's right, Dime Time. Think higher with Dime Industries. Find them in California, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Check out their website, dimeindustries.com, or on Instagram, dime.industries. I want to thank the whole crew around here that makes everything happen. Captains Jorge, Marcus, Mondo, Teddy the Show Dog, Isaiah, Cassie, Daniel, Diego, Jessica, Cam, Beach Bar, Salar, Ali, Goldie, Brother Pitt, Mark Carnes, Chris Franchino, Jennifer, Erica, and Elvis. Thank you guys all for doing what you do. Yes. Matt, you got so many gripes that make all the sense in the world dude because you're sitting there dealing with a track and trace company that makes everybody do it and then you create something for the industry called track and trace dot tools that's free once again track and trace dot tools is the website ig track and Check trace tools and it helps the workflow of the metric uh, organizations that everybody has to deal with state to state is this something everybody can use in all 50 states uh, all metric states, so yeah, it works everywhere. So I, going back into metric for a second. So the everyone that builds on top of metric, right? All the software providers, um, it, it's very painful for them too. So it's not like all the all the ERPs, all the all the track and trace systems, everything. It's it, they have it's it's very it's very very painful software to work with, and so um, they're. I mean, so like, like for example, um, when they when metric has downtime, like a lot of the times, like the website will crash, and so like a farmer can't log on and register their harvest. Um, but a lot of the time, it's like like they have a whole API that like all these like software companies are talking to to like record stuff on behalf of you know the farmers or processors or whatever it is, and that goes down all the time too. Um, and so, does your site go down? Well, so I, we are. Uh, Track and Trace Tools is inextricably coupled with Metric, so it's if if Metric is up, my product is up. But uh, if it goes down, then there there's not you, a lot we can do. It's you, down, it's down. You right? you yeah. might be up, but it's just not it's not it reading it's not yeah. reading anything, right. so it's not compatible. So, and and so I think um, which it sounds bad, but if you consider um, I guess you could say competitors, like everyone is trying to like sink out of Metric because like Metric is like this single source of truth for so like all the all the data that all these companies are generating it's all flowing into metric and uh it's it, it it's so every so everyone's reporting to it everyone's talking to it um and so a lot of these companies to like add a lot of like bells and whistles on top so which in some cases work very well um you have to basically suck all the data on metric do whatever you want with it and then like push it all back which is incredibly complicated and causes all sorts of problems because like now if you're out of sync with metric like metric is the truth that's what the state sees when the you know when someone from the um you know the Depart uh, california department of agriculture shows up like they're that's what you can get arrested for bottom yes, line yes exactly. they're, like, yeah, real they're, problems they have, they have no problem dropping fines on your head they don't they, they, yeah, they don't care and if and if like if your software's broken 
too bad, right? Oh, I'm sorry, didn't you, you didn't sync correctly? It's not you our fault. Yeah, that's your that's your problem. Here's a here's a huge fine. Um, and uh, anyway, so I think one thing that um, I I think I'm leaning into more and more with what I'm working on is that um, everyone is generating all this information in metric, and metric is. Uh, basically holding on to it right they really don't have access to it it's a very a very limited peephole that you, you can see through um and that's kind of by design right the state is has task metrics to say collect this data and make sure that everyone's being compliant and uh that's all you're there for so like metric for example all these cannabis companies all the processors they are not the customer right they're not they're they're not the customer the state is the customer of metric the state is who metric ultimately answers to so there if metric has problems there's no incentive for you know a very minimal incentive for them to go and fix it right oh the cannabis companies they're having you know oh it's it's down it's broken like they don't care it's not there there's no they they're because everybody has to use it so it doesn't matter you have to use it their contract is locked up years in advance like they're We'll go. Oh, sorry, we'll we'll get it fixed eventually. Like we're I, trying, I, we're trying. Yeah, we're we're doing our best. And so I, I do. Ha- I have a relationship with Metric. Like I I, I I work intermittently with them. And so like I I don't actually think. Po- I think pointing the finger at Metric is is the wrong thing because they have they're they're working with. Um, they're basically doing what the state wants them to do. Right. They, right? they, they created a solution for the state. Right. The, the, right. So the state says, yeah, like we want we want this metric goes, OK, we'll build it for you. Here's how much it costs. So ultimately, they're implementing systems that the states have given the thumbs up to. So I sure. is I. I they, so the state needs to change what they want and what they're looking for in order for metric to change what they're doing. I, right, I think I, I think so. I think based on the the environment of cannabis right now, I think we're really entering a new era right i think we really need to reassess how everything works because you can see a very direct trend states that have legalized the earliest right west coast states they are all crashing together right their their trajectories of like what is happening in those states is following a very similar pattern and it will be no and it's the state's fault i i so i all this uh, i mean pointing fingers that's the what state's you think. Fault. That's what I'm hearing from you too. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. who, I mean, who else can you can you point the blame at? I write the states they're overtaxing. Are they, they're over. They're over. Um, uh, uh, metricing, right. yeah, <laughs> for the, yeah. lack of better words, uh, making oh. metric do too much, time consuming well, because it costs you to be a processor a free enough market, to charge right? everybody. It's, yeah, they're. I mean, they're, you got to pay all these people to do all these the things. the black market here, right? right? I mean, I feel like I, right. So the, the states have set up all these systems that you have you have to play by, but. And I, I think it would be, it would be foolish, it would be foolish to expect them to get it right the first time, right? That's not, that, that was never going to happen, right? There were going to be errors in legislation, like that's something. The mistake is that not adjusting once that once they see the car crash, like in California, the car is, is the car is already washed away at the bottom of the cliff. Like we're not even falling off the cliff anymore, and the the amount that has not been done is staggering like they're they're seeing this industry could collapse in real time and collecting their tax dollars like oh yeah keep it coming like whatever and it's like what california was like it was like a billion dollars in taxes last year like you you can't tell you california is the i think it's the fifth largest economy in the world like if you california was its own country fifth number five they're, the world, they're yeah. don't don't tell me that you can't yeah. you can't self-correct in the cannabis industry that there's no legislation that could be passed that you can't ease up on regulations don't tell me that there's nothing so is it newsom's fault i mean he could play a heavier hand right your boy i mean i i he's certainly partially to blame right there's there's lots of blame to spread around and i that nothing is being letting these companies drown is wrong and they're drowning, and everyone's just kind of. Well, he left. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, your your head's underwater, and no one's doing anything but, about it. That what, sucks. I don't think what like you know Newsom's and or you know these people are actually understanding is that it's much bigger than than the cannabis industry because a lot of these people have doubled down on their other investments and moved it from other investments to to sustain another industry that the state has allowed. And and so that's also going to collapse not only that that cannabis but whatever other industry that they may be a part of because that funding that they deployed from wherever it was at is now there and it's it, it could be catastrophic. I mean, I I think you've hit on something important, which is that I I think the the stance that they've taken is that I think they're they're comfortable with where we are for whatever reason, and that 
the business model that seems to be working is an economy of scale. So the largest producers, like they're able to, at scale, reduce costs to a level that is com- compatible with consumer appetites right now. Right? They have larger, you know, war chests, so they can, you know, handle destabilizing events like a state legalized next to them or some legislation changing, and they're ultimately going to be like the major winners. And so. It seems that like a lot of these states have kind of directly or indirectly played kingmaker that like I you know and the smaller farmers like they're they're getting bought out they're you know selling their licenses selling the land like they're going they're they're going away they're struggling and that is that's problematic because that fundamentally does not match like American agriculture is mostly family farms now they do come into collectives and like they're you know there are larger organizations on top of that but like it's just like it's it it they're fo- they're focusing on the big guys and uh, fundamentally that is i think anyone can see that that is wrong and the policies that they're implementing the taxes everything else is only pro- is only promoting that fact because ev- well all the little guys are drowning at the bottom the big guys are at least hanging on long enough to make it to when banking reform passes and federal legalization passes right they're kind of just like treading water waiting for that to happen letting everyone else drown beneath them matt yeah. frisbee is there a pitch that you can give our listeners that you would stand by that say this is a yeah, maybe how, not a quick the pitch, solution? but what, yeah, is there a solution that you're seeing as you're working with track and trace so hand in hand in all these states that it's mandatory? What do you see as being some quick fixes to like, let's do this, let's do that, start here? Yeah, so if, if they just did this, I a lot of it is like I, I mean, the the compliance is overbearing, right? I think anyone can see that, and why, you know, it, we we can do less, we can get away with less, right? I preventing fraud preventing interacting with the black market like this wholesale data collection doesn't it doesn't have to be this complicated right like the state of washington for example like they have their home role they have a home rolled uh compliance platform like they don't contract with metric or anyone like it's just like a state i don't i i don't i know the details but i I think it's something as simple as you upload csvs to a government website right it's really low touch um i you know we can do less like we don't we don't have to punish farmers to make sure that they're staying in compliance and like largely like they're all they're all they, they want to stay compliant they want to they want to follow the law and because it's 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 ultimately better for them or it should at least be better um so i think i think we can have the same level of efficacy with compliance with like just less overhead a lot less overhead now that's hard to do because you know metric wants to stay in, in business right they're they're doing quite well um so that's gonna be a conflict but like you know the states have kind of engineered this conflict um i think the other part of it is like i i really do think that like states can i st- states need to look at where things are right now we're going to be here for a while right the cannabis industry is going to be struggling for a while we're, i do not expect to see federal legislation or even the safe banking act pass anytime soon so we're stuck here this is this is the new reality and so for states to go and do nothing is not acceptable so i i, I think part of that starts with like let's really think about like how can we offer at least some semblance of loans to farmers like something that's not whether well, or not like open up the banking system uh, oh, i i mean even yeah just open open up a little bit right like well, it's hard to give them a loan when you have no bank to put it in and no real company that shows what it is right. like how do i give you a loan and so i think that's another that's you you made a great point because like it's this is a self-perpetuating process right like loans i mean okay so excluding like lar- like large federal banks let's talk like local state banks that are not subject to fdic and can give loans to a certain extent to cannabis companies they are right any bank is operating on risk so they go okay how risky is this loan am i going to give you my money who the hell would give money to a cannabis company right now now the answer to that question is i i you shouldn't but but so but but why why aren't you why why are cannabis companies so unstable because of all the stuff that's the states have put in place right so this is them making a mess and saying you clean it up it's it's insane so i I think the solution overall is that this entire system can self-correct, right? Everything, if you start making healthy cannabis companies by giving them access to some things to help preserve their businesses, reducing their burden, the cannabis industry will start to heal. Like the car industry in 08. Precisely, precisely. The cannabis industry will start to heal. The black market will in turn start to dry up because of course, like that, as as cannabis company costs go down, that's gonna make the black market less appealing. So then costs to, you know, to prevent the black market can go down and the whole system can heal itself. But uh, starting with a completely broken system where it's, you're 
punishing everyone at the start of the supply chain, especially cultivators. There's no way this is going to fix itself. And it, nothing nothing is going to change federally for a while. And so the pain is going to continue. And so I, I think the buck ultimately stops with the states. I They... It's up to them to to make reforms, to start helping these companies, even just a little bit. Sure. Like, start with just a little bit. I love your passion, man. I want to do the high five with you before we get you out of here. Right, and uh, thank you for all your knowledge, yeah, your insights, uh, like I said, I your was passion just, for the industry. I'm sure people are listening and you have a company and you want a guy like this working for your company and helping yeah, you out. You, you hear you hear where you hear where he comes from. I mean, he's sitting here trying to help you out in every way possible. I'm giving him the stamp of approval of like, dude, this is the type of guy you want to look at your scenario and be like, how could I help mainstream this? Because I love your passion and everything I'm you're talking have, about. I have questions for him after the show. Right, hey, I do. Hey, I told him this before the show. I go, well, you're gonna, this guy, Matt's going to get you just from reading your bios and stuff, Matt. So let's do the high five with the creator of the Track and Trace Tools. How old were you the first time, Matt? You smoked cannabis and where'd you get it from? Yeah, I think it was uh, his freshman year of college, so I was probably I was just about to turn eighteen. And good old um, Illinois. Yeah, hey, University of Illinois in Illinois. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I don't actually remember who I got it from, but it was like, um, yeah, you know, you're in college, you're you know, try anything, right? Whoever, so, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. Question number two of the high five: What was your favorite way to use or smoke cannabis? So, you guys have a lot of people on the show that are like big into blends and joints and things like that and those are you know I, in younger years like that would be more appealing but you know what I'm an edible guy I'm gonna I'm, I'm, every, I'm gonna zag everyone here zigs I'm zag you know what I yeah. it's I'm not a, I'm not a young man anymore and it's uh, I, I, I can't I can't do things the way I used to so yeah like g- g- give me a give me a good edible I it's yeah Nice. What is their favorite one is it a little gummy five milligram or is it like something bigger no preference you know I um, I used to really enjoy the the pro tabs out here in California. That was a, I was a big fan of those. I, no no free ads, but pro tabs are yeah. quite good. It's always good. You always have your favorites. <laughs> Question number three of the high five. Matt Frisbee, craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis? Yeah. So this one. Um, so this one was actually unintentional. Um, so uh, I was hanging out with some friends, and uh, I, I must have been back for spring break uh, during college, and someone someone gave me an edible, and uh, I I ate it, and it. It didn't take effect. I was like, okay, I'll just I'll just go to bed. Um, and then the next morning, so my, my family is not particularly religious, but the next morning they're like, oh, let's go to church. And I wake up and I am really, really high. And so we go to a Catholic mass and I'm just sitting there, oh my God, what am I doing here? Very unsettling. You never get up off your not knees. A, not pleasant. Yeah, really try, just trying to, keep, woo, trying to keep it together anyway. Woo. Question number four of the high five. What is your go-to munchie after you get high? Yeah, so um, I actually I do whatever I can to not eat, but my favorite my favorite thing that we used to do. So when I moved out to California originally, I moved into a, a hacker house with like fourteen guys, and so on four twenty, um, we would get a reservation at a Brazilian steakhouse in Palo Alto called Pampas, and uh, mm. obviously smoke beforehand and go. And so imagine if you will like fourteen people in like they're basically 20 years old you know and they come with those like big skewers of like oh, all the yeah, meat yeah. it like you know Chris those skewers they like that's, we've ate that many times they cut it right I love it just like, keep four, like 14 people who have mm. always smoked like that skewer would not even make its way down the table like yeah. we clean that place out mm. Mm. So, so as good. you describe that, you remind me of that show on Showtime. Is that basically the house that you had, one of these homes where everybody's living there trying to put together and build apps and everyone's a developer? You know what show I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, talking about Silicon Valley? Silicon, yeah, Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's, um, I, there are definitely rhythms that remind me of it, but it was... Uh, it, it was I li- yeah, I lived there for probably two years. It was, pretty, it was pretty, Silicon Valley crazy. is one of my favorite shows. I wish they created new episodes because I've yeah. watched it all, it's and it's good, one of yeah. hilarious Ehrlich, of watching Ehrlich, the early developers and the Silicon Valley. Ehrlich, Ehrlich Bachman kills me. Yeah. Right, yeah. that whole show so is just phenomenal. Yeah. As you described, like twenty of us living in a home, yeah. it's like those guys creating their whatever whatever it was. Yeah. And, Hulu's and this and that. It's yeah. funny to see the things that they created and, and funny. Question number five of the high five, Matt. If you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead, dead or alive, alive, who would it be and why? So I thought a lot about this one, and uh, I I think there are people that it would be really unenjoyable, like like historical, like 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 I've I've heard people on the show say like, oh, I smoke with like Hitler or like some sort of despot. I don't. Th- I think that would be really unenjoyable. Like I don't. I don't think they get. Uh, they're they're weirdos. I don't want to spend time with them. So my answer to this question is, um, I would with uh, um, 
uh, the creators of South Park, wow. um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, because I, yeah. I find them to be absolutely fascinating. One is that they're some of the funniest people in the entire world, right? They've, they've built this um, huge show. They do stuff like they went, they went to the Academy Awards wearing dresses. Like, they're they're hysterical. Like, you, you just watch them, they, they really seem like fun. But they are also geniuses for, t- for two reasons. One is that they, like, in the middle of making South Park, they went oh, you know what, I'm just going to go make a musical. And then they went and made Book of Mormon, which like cleaned up at the Tony Awards. Huge, huge, as big as any musical that's been made in the past 20 years. Enormous. Like, you don't you don't just fall into that. Like, you have to be supremely talented to do that. And then yeah, two, yeah. so this is something that most people don't know. Um, when uh, they were signing a contract in 2007 for basically what their share of the revenue would be for South Park. And in 2007, Netflix was still mailing dvds to people and in this contract they uh um they said we want 50 percent of the digital revenue which was not a thing at the time like 50 okay 50 and so you know fine whatever that digital thing is fine yeah screw whatever yeah like people are watching cable like it's fine like that fine fast forward so it was that same year that netflix started streaming so just to give you an idea for like how how ahead of them ahead of the game they were so when hbo um, signed or uh, acquired the rights to South Park. They paid five hundred and fifty million dollars for it. So they walked with two hundred and seventy-five million dollars just like that, just because they had the foresight to go. Yeah, I think digital is going to be big. So they were way out of the game and just just rolling in money. So yeah. they're. I think they would be so fun to spend time with. That's and maybe they'd buy you some weed. They got a little paper oh, in their pocket. <laughs> oh, they smoke for sure. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> that and that's just one of the iconic shows. I mean. It's still on every day. It kills me. Well, there kills it is, me. guys. Listen, is there anything else before we let you get on the show? Before we let, let you get, get on, on out of here? Ah, boy, I, I, I can't think of anything. We covered so much. Well, thank you, Matt. It was great to have you on. Thank you for traveling into town. It's good to have you from uh, Illinois and make sure you get home safe. And, you know, next time, come out here and let's do something here together. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great, guys. Thanks for having me on. And get us one of those jackets, an extra large. <laughs> yeah, I'm a large. Give me a large, yeah, right. a large work. Right? That, was, yeah. that jacket is Definitely. so hard he has on. Yeah. Jeez, that's dope. <laughs> well, there it is, guys. It's Cannabis Talk 101. And remember this. If no one else loves you, we, we do. do. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. And make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.